You're listening to Insights for Living with Pastor Boju Oyemade. Pastor Boju is the senior pastor of the Covenant Nation. Faith is a substance of things that I hope for. So my confession, which means faith is the way I'm going to substantiate that hope. So it's a hope, it's a dream. I will give substance. Faith is giving substance to that thing. I will substantiate it. It's the substance of things that you hope for. And we're saying that that substance comes by hearing, and that hearing comes by confession. So as I confess, I hear, and what happens is the substance of what I'm declaring starts getting deposited on the inside of me. You are doing that. So you are spending time declaring because you want the substance, not to convince any person, but you want the substance of this thing to come in. Now, what's that substance? It says, as faith, um, sorry, it says, show me thy faith without thy works. And I, by my what works, I will show you my faith. So the essence or the substance of this faith is the works that I do. Now, so what we're saying is that as you make confessions, the works, that is, you are making declarations, you are hearing the word of God. What begins to happen is that the Holy Spirit, as you are declared, now takes the words that you are speaking and he begins to create an understanding of those words inside your spirit. As you are declaring that, the substance, the works, now begin to get. You actually connect to the very mind of God and the genius of God, the intelligence of God starts coming as rain, which like thoughts coming out of heaven into your heart. You are making the declaration. You start hearing God in your spirit. You start hearing what he will have you do. So let's say somebody is making declarations. God, the word of God, and is declaring, let's say over their marriage or over their business or over their children and all of that. After a time, you start hearing God. So when you make the confession, the reaction you get is an insight into something that you should do, which is the work, in order to make what you are saying come to pass. The substance gets on the inside of yourself. Change this. The substance gets on the inside of yourself. Do this. The substance gets on the inside of yourself. Let me give an example here. All right? Now, I can take, let me take, like, let me say the, the, um, the convention. All right? There is truth that has been embraced concerning this particular thing, which is, let me say, I have truth from heaven. And I say this is the truth, all right, concerning, you know, um, the convention. So I begin to make confessions. I, I don't need to persuade anybody about it. I need to get the substance of this. So I start saying it. What now begins to happen and start declaring that thing is that the substance of that meeting, the works that you ought to do to make that vision come to pass, start getting dropped on the inside of yourself. Morning by morning. Let me give an example here. Let me just make this practical. When we did platform, we ran some ads during the breaks of the platform, all right, about some of the programs we do. The convention was part of it. But there was this ad we ran, which I, I thought was a brilliant ad. And it had to do with the month of October. And it said that, you know, about Don Moen coming, then he moved to Ashanti, then he moved to um, McHankins, then he moved to the Economic Empowerment Summit, you know, and four of it was together, we changed the music, and I felt it was quite good. People said, oh, we like the ads and all of that. But you know what? The next day, it just so happened that I sat down and I was watching television, relaxing, and I watch politics when I want to, you know, that's what I watch. All right. 
So I was watching it and I was listening to a, a former strategist of a, of a president of America in terms of campaign and all that. So he started describing the position of the election and he said inside the thing, as I was describing the thing, he said, you know, you know he, said, he said, well, the Republicans, um, that President Obama has raised more money than Mitch Romney and that, you know, Mitch Romney is running for the Republicans and, you know, the Republicans, you know, but he has raised more, but Mitch Romney has raised more money according to the party, which means the Republican party has, has more money than the Democrat Party, but Obama has more money at his own command than Mitt Romney. He said, but the problem with when the party has the money is that the party do what is called combos in their ads. I said, what does my combo? And then I understood. He said, meaning that if you want, for example, if they want to run an ad for Lagos State, and they say, it's the party that wants to run the ad, all right, and it's a presidential election, they'll run for the president in the ad, they'll run for the governor. So they'll show the president, they'll show the governor, they'll run for the senatorial district where they're playing it, House of Rep and House of Assembly. So five people will be inside one ad. He said, and the ad becomes less effective. He said, when you run a combo, suddenly on the inside, the brilliant ad the day before, I just saw that it was less effective. Do you understand what I'm saying? Yeah? So you make an adjustment. You, you understand what I'm saying? You've heard something. So you make an adjustment. It is this adjustment that you make that you are by doing that, you are substantiating your vision. Do you get what I'm saying here? You are substantiating. Yesterday, we were at Don Wen's concert. A group of Indians came in, you know, quite elderly people, they came in. And I, I thought they came to the restaurant, but I saw them coming into the place. So I shook them and I realized that one of them, you know, was a pastor, a minister or something like that. When he said, so I said, all right, they can go. They should put them in the second room because I knew they were ministers and all of that. I guess it was, an, I thought it was an Indian church. So when I asked them, they also told me the church that they go to, you know. But the minute I told them to come in, I realized something about our registration process. I, it just dawned on me. And I knew I would forget. All right? So I quickly called Chuka. I said, Chuka, come. I said, listen, when we're going to do the conventional registration, break it into two. One form like one form like I'm going to forget this thing. Make sure you do it. He said, you won't forget. I said, make sure you put it down. Because by tomorrow, I might hear another thing and this one is gone. Because it's morning by morning, he opened my ear that I am here as the learned. Which means as you are confessing the word of God, God is dropping ideas and thoughts. Those thoughts there, the Bible says, the entrance of the word giveth what? Light and understanding. And this light shineth in darkness, and darkness cannot comprehend it. Which means if you carry out those thoughts there, the illumination that comes as you are confessing the word, you carry out those thoughts in this world, this world has no defense against it. Are you following what I'm saying? So rain is falling. That's why a man who is making confessions, he's focusing on something. He's making declarations. He's focused. He's not thinking that his words are just going to change it. It's not magic. All right? He knows that he's declaring it. He's declaring it. So somebody has a business, they're calling those things, the new level into operation. And what begins to happen is that they start saying the thought. They get to the work office the next day. They look at it and say, listen, you change this thing in this particular way. Take this desk and move it to this particular place. They saw all of those things. That's why I want you just to say, you know when you're under the fig tree, I saw you, you see those things inside your heart. As you're making declaring, Charles Cap said, make sure you listen well when you are declaring the word of God. For some of you, that's the only time you will hear God speak. Do you understand what we're saying? So as you are declaring out of your mouth, all right, you are listening and things. That's why it's not magical. You get those thoughts. You get the works there. And then you go and implement that. And when you implement that, the outcomes are really powerful. So the second thing is that it causes faith to come. The third thing about confession is that it renews the mind. When you make confession of God's word, it renews. So you cast seed into the ground and bring yourself to a place where your heart totally supports what you are saying out of your lips. 
You move from that point, and as you are declaring it, thoughts now begin to come on the inside of yourself. Thoughts now begin to come on the inside of yourself. Ideas every day. You enjoy confessing God's word. And for me, the most effective time I do it at night, I put off. I mean, during the day, but at night I put off, or I go into the studio upstairs, which is dark, and I put off. All lights are off, so I don't see anything, so I'm not being distracted by what I'm seeing, trying to capture that information. All that I can do is what I'm listening to, because my voice is coming out, so I'm listening. And by doing that, there's that intensity there on the words that are coming, the intensity there. And the Spirit of God takes those words, and then things begin to flash, and then things begin to flash. And there's no time in my life, in fact... I mean, that's how you, I, I do finances. All right, you declare to that particular level. You see it inside your heart, and you just watch the thing happen. You just. When I was in school, we were running, running uh, ministry. We weren't collecting money from anybody. Nobody was giving out anything. We were doing, and we were doing campus. And the truth is, we were, we were giving. I mean, I mean, the day the archbishop came, the total way it cost us, and this was just the ninety-one was seventeen thousand dollars when it was almost one to one dollar naira. And we were students. We didn't get any money outside. All right. I mean, we did. The day when we went to give Bishop Oedipo his offering, he didn't think students would do that. We gave him, he looked at it. He called the secretary, he said, a campus fellowship gave this. He said, a campus fellowship. Reverend Emiko called me and said, listen, I don't understand what's going on. I went to preach in a church of 6,000 people. They gave me a fraction of what a fellowship gave. And we did not go outside to get any money from anybody. But during the um, break, I will, sometimes I'll be confessing the word of God about finances. It had never happened before. Let me give this example. All we had ever gotten in the fellowship, if you check the finances, the highest we have ever gotten, and they raised the money in the history of fellowship on one day, was 140 or 249 naira. And we are now going to go and take a place where we are going to have fellowship, where they were going to be charging us 250 naira to have the fellowship. And the highest, when you check the records, is 249, some days it's 89 naira, 70. So how are we going to sustain anything we are doing? All right? But I remember confessing, I got to one point when I saw four people just give a thousand as I was confessing. Four people. This is unheard of. Students, like they want one thousand dollars. So, when I was preaching, I said, you know what? You know, I saw four people give a thousand naira. This is what I said. I said, but it can't happen now. It's something that I saw that will happen in the future. <laughs> That's how I said it. Then I was leaving. As I got there, one of the ushers just ran and said, four people got up and said, it's them. I said, what did you say? They came to my car, four people. Then another one ran, the fifth has come. You understand this? And nobody asked. I even told them it won't happen now. It won't happen. <laughs> All right? But once you see it on the inside, do you understand what I'm saying? This is the genius of you as a Christian. You go out there, let's say there's a problem in the office. You don't start saying there's a problem, there's a problem. You take God's word and start confessing it and confessing it over the issue and you're confessing, pacing and declaring the wisdom after some time on the inside of yourself something just flashes that's the solution to it do you get what I'm saying here? you get out and implement that Pam. people ask you how did you get the idea it came while you were declaring and the spirit of God ignited upon that particular thing number three it works because it, it renews your mind now let's go to Matthew chapter 14 and 13 let me show you this 14 and 13 the Bible says, present your bodies as a living sacrifice. That doesn't mean you should go and kill yourself, all right? But present your bodies as a living sacrifice, holy and acceptable unto God. And don't be conformed to this world, but be transformed by the renewal of your mind. So in order to get your mind renewed, you have to present your bodies first as a living sacrifice. Your body is your five spiritual senses, which means that what's coming out from the world around you, all right, opposes. So you, 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 you have to surrender 
You know, the Spirit is saying something on the inside. On the outside, you know, everything from your body is saying no. So you have to give it up as a living sacrifice. And then don't be conformed to this world, but be transformed by the renewal of your mind. Now look at Matthew chapter 14 and verse 30. Matthew 14 and verse 13. Let's read from 27. Now he says, but straight away Jesus spake unto them. Now, before you look at this, look, so you, so you don't say I added something. Look at verse 24. But the ship was now in the midst of the sea and tossed and with waves, for the wind was contrary. So Jesus started coming towards them and they were afraid. And in verse 27, Jesus straight away said, Be of good cheer, it is I, be not afraid. And then Peter answered him and said, Lord, if it be thou, bid me to come on water. All right? Today on water. And he said, Come. Now, when Peter was come out of the ship, he walked on the waves to go to Jesus. But when he saw the wind boisterous, he was afraid and beginning, and, began, and, and beginning to sink. He cried, saying, Lord, save me. Immediately, Jesus stretched his hand, caught him and said, O thou of little faith. And then they were, got him into the ship, the wind ceased. Now, this is the drama of word of faith movement here. Pure. All right. Now, Jesus was there. And he called to Peter and said, Peter, come. All right? And Peter got out and Peter began to walk on water coming to Jesus. Now, Peter walking on water coming to Jesus turned around at a point and saw the wind was boisterous. And the scripture says it was a very began to sink. Now, Peter didn't sink because the wind was boisterous. Because the wind was boisterous from the beginning. When Jesus was walking towards it, and Jesus was still walking on water with the boisterous wind. So it wasn't the wind wasn't what made Peter sink because if it was the wind, Jesus too should have sunk. And the wind was boisterous when Jesus said to him, Come. The reason why Peter began to sink was that he was afraid. So what happened was that he looked on the outside, saw something, and Peter was afraid. Now get into this. And then he cried, Lord, save me. And the Lord came and saved him and carried him. And this is most of the, you know, experience of people outside the word of God. They get themselves in a tight situation. They are afraid. Lord, save me. The Lord comes in his faithfulness. That's the level of your faith. Saves you. But he puts you back in the boat where there's no difference between saint and sinner. Do you understand this? The sinner too is there in the boat and said, ah, God has helped us from these storms. But if you are going to have any distinction, the Bible says, though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, you are not going to ask God to take you out of that valley. You are going to walk through it. Do you understand what I'm saying here? You are not going to. A lot of people go and pray, God, take me out of the valley of shadow of death. That is not the issue. The issue is, I will walk through the valley of the shadow of death. But I will fear no evil. And what is the outcome? Because he has prepared a table before me and my cup will do what? Run over. If you never walk through, your cup will never run over. You always get back into the boat. You always get back into the boat. You will never get to that table. So if there's any crisis now, don't say, listen, you know, God, you know, if you can take this thing away, he said, my grace is sufficient for thee. Walk through that thing. Go there and say, listen, Father, I thank you that I'm in this situation. Don't take me out. I want to walk to the end. I want to get to the place where the table that you are prepared. Now, if the thing rages, and you know, it rages, then you present your bodies as a living sacrifice. You get God's word on your lips during that time. And that's how you renew your mind and start declaring the word of God to yourself until the rage on the inside doesn't touch your own spirit. Are you following what I'm saying here? 
Ah, somebody, oh, you're walking through the valley of Shadow, something will go wrong with you. Look, people have been telling me something will go wrong all my life. It hasn't gone wrong. I said, oh, he will never preach it. It's like they told me in school. They stop preaching because, listen, when you say something, I don't hear it, you hear it. They see the soul in your own spirit, not my own. So if you say you won't preach, your spirit picks it up and it plants, it's you that won't stop preaching. Do you understand what we're saying here? It's your own spirit that picks up the thing and it's your spirit that will. So, you know, people say, but, but I say listen, if you start using those kind of words, it's by your words you shall be judged and by your words you shall be what library. It's your words that will get on the inside of you. So walk through the valley. What is the way of God? You get in that situation, you just tell Jesus, what are you saying to me? Give me your word for this particular situation that I will walk with this word. That lighten my eyes lest I sleep the sleep of death. But once you show me the light, and you show me that this is what I'm going to do, I will take that word and walk through this particular thing with that word on my lips. And there will be no fear that will be on the outside. I mean, let me put this, I've said it before. Reverend Miko once told me, he said, listen, we want to go out to travel when he was in traveling ministry. Oh, sorry, when he used to travel with some brethren. And they'll get there, they'll be in the bus. I mean, this sounds sacrilege, you don't understand. And the people say, let us pray. And God should help us. He said, listen, I don't need to pray. He said, because when I was going to start the traveling ministry, I first of all went in prayer to God to give me the word of promise. And God said to me, in your going out, you are blessed and you're coming in, you are what? Blessed. That you can never, I have covenanted with you with this word. You can, can you imagine Jesus telling Peter, come. And then Peter got on, and then the wind was brushed. I said, Father, help me. You will know that's a manifestation of unbelief. That is not a cry of faith, it's a cry of fear. That's what he said. Save me, save me, save me. Do you understand this? He said, I have said it. It cannot return to me void. So once you hear God, you take that word, it's time to travel. You declare, as I go out, I am blessed. And as I come in, I am what? Blessed. This is more than being secure. This is being blessed. This podcast is brought to you by the Covenant Nation. For more information, visit www.insightsforliving.org. Thank you and God bless.